welcome to the 138th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, we're almost done with earnings. We had Altice and U.S. Cellular report. We could talk a little bit about that and maybe get your thoughts for kind of overall how did Q1 go? So we, we had U.S. Cellular report. They lost 25,000 postpaid phone net ads and 25,000 prepaid net ads. The churn was flat at an elevated, well, you know, 10 years ago it would have been spectacular churn. Nowadays it's elevated, right? Time changes. But LT can't be happy with with this. They brought him in to turn the things around and and things are just sliding. So it's it's and it's really tough for them. Then we had LT's report. Their wireless ads were contrary to Comcast and Charter, anything but impressive, right? With LTs, you have to give them time. They're in a in a turnaround situation. They just brought in uh, Leroy Williams, who's really really good after stint in Canada, and we know him from his time at, at Verizon. So we'll see, you know, how he can reinvigorate the business. We had Frontier report, even though Wall Street doesn't didn't seem to have liked the the results. It was the second quarter in a row, which was the first time in like five years that the EBITDA went up. They saw growth and they quoted our data in the earnings call. So I don't understand why Wall Street at least respects them quoting our data. <laughs> right? Well, specifically, what, what what was it they quoted? I thought it was a good, one of our, our really good analyses about, about speed. Well, that everything gets better with speed. Right. I think we're like at what 300,000 respondents on that dashboard. So we ask like every week people, you know, their net promoter score around 15 different dimensions of their home internet experience and how fast their home internet experience is. Like 30% doesn't know how fast it is. And I don't blame them. But everybody who can tell us the speed, we can group this. Right. Mm hmm. So the faster the speed, the happier people get with their service. And both in terms of tangible results, like satisfaction with streaming, with audio, with video, with browsing, people even like their phone bill better. And they like customer service better, probably because they have to call less because it's fiber, right? And so it's a really interesting and profound fundamental part of the research that we do is, you know, what drives actually these numbers. And NPS numbers are driven both by factual experiences and by perception. There's a halo effect without a doubt, right? Yep. Yep. So a person that is on a gigabit connection is on average going to be happier about their bill than somebody that's on, you know, a 25 megabit connection or, or even a 300 megabit connection. Yeah, so we've seen it, you know, we've run, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is the new handset data that we're having, where we now can tell by device, but also by component, like their, their, their satisfaction. We can tell you, 
that a phone with this screen or with a MediaTek or whatever, or Qualcomm Gen, you know, Snapdragon, you know, Gen 3 are, are happier than others with this device and tie the experience to, to the component is really, really powerful. But at the same time, when you look at it, you know, one of the really interesting things to me was that when you then normatize and take all the phones of a different type, of a certain type, and compare the NPS of device metrics like screen brightness, right? And compare it by carrier. It becomes really interesting that there is a small but noticeable difference by carrier. And I don't think the difference is there in the device, but the difference is there in, in the perception that the, that the consumer has of the carrier. And so playing with or, or working with NPS is a both a very powerful but also a very finicky thing where you have to know what you're actually doing when you go down into the into the minute details that we go into. Right. Well, I think one of the things that we've seen is that brand is the thing that follows you everywhere, right? And so if you have good brand perception, it will color everything that a consumer sees about you. If you have poor brand perception, it also follows you, right? And it's hard to turn that around. Good deeds get rewarded and bad deeds get punished in places where you didn't expect them to, right? Yep. Yep. And so that's really interesting. Talking about good deeds, bad deeds, you know, by the time this 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 goes on air, Dish will have reported. You know, they had like what, a month outage or several week outage because of that that hack. Yep. You know. So on one hand, if the site's down, you probably can't cancel service. On the other hand, you probably can't sign up either, right? Yeah, exactly. And the people who wanted to sign up and didn't sign up probably signed up with somebody else. And the people who wanted to sign up will take that opportunity when they're leaving, when you let them again, right? So being hacked is not a good customer retention strategy, <laughs> right? So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I think finger in the wind, I'm going to say negative nets, but we'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely negative nets. Even without the hack, there would be ne- negative nets. And, and you know. I'm I'm not as bearish on dish as some Wall Street analysts who call it like a a distressed asset, but it's getting harder and harder. And you know, they have their June deadline coming around for 70% population coverage, which shouldn't be too hard. I think they will make it absolutely with data, with voice, I don't know. And then the question becomes, will the FCC and DOJ let them pass with the MBNO voice that they're buying from T-Mobile or or AT&T or not, right? So, I mean, to to be fair, Voner is hard to do, and that's been some of the challenges they've had in terms of voice coverage. But they still signed up for this, right? So you you got to do it (laughs) if you're going to sign up for it. But, but... Actually, the Stockdale letter, which which governs all of that, is very vague. And so when you read that letter, you can argue both ways. Oh, it's only for data. 
and oh, it's both, right? So in the end, the DOJ and, and the FCC. Well, at some point, had they claimed that the Ting uh, in Vino, which is te- technically postpaid, would also qualify under MVNO standards, right? No, no, no. They, they bought Ting with like 100,000 customers postpaid so that they can live up to the requirement in the consent agreement with the, with the DOJ that they are a postpaid carrier, that they have a postpaid offer. So yeah, they marked off the checkbox of technically we passed, right? Right. But that's like, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow saying that technically one is the better lover than the other of her, of her two, two ones, right? It's not really something you want to win on. Now you can get bastard, but anyway. So it, there, there's, there's a lot of popcorn to be eaten in the next two, three months. And, and then you have, you have apparently the DOJ investigating the, the Mint acquisition by T-Mobile, which is very interesting because historically the government didn't view MVNOs as, as competitors. They simply said, you don't matter. Now, did Verizon buy TrackPhone and T-Mobile buy... And by the way, they didn't do anything with TrackPhone, right? Which is like 15 times larger than, than Mint. But Mint, Mint is a difference. But I mean, the question is, what is a market, right? Is wholesale a market in the same way that, you know, the... DOJ stopped AT&T from buying T-Mobile, which, as you know, had wide-reaching ramifications in the rest of wireless. Yeah, and, and we don't know. And so there's plenty of precedent on both sides. Or it's new territory. So we don't know, right? Are they investigating it because of a, of a retail concentration issue? Are they investigating it because of a wholesale MBNO host issue? I don't know. I'm... I wasn't in the calls. I have no idea what they exactly discussed, but it will be interesting to see what happens when when things come out more, right? Right. Well, I know one thing we did see is that, you know, when we were in, in terms of our net promoter score tracking, Mint was among, Mint customers were among some of the happiest customers in wireless. Part of that I think is due to price, right? They were they were offering unlimited at a pretty low price point, but they were obviously doing doing a lot of things right, particularly on the direct consumer front, which all the carriers want to get involved in, right? Because it it costs a lot less to sell somebody service on a website than it does to have you know staff a store. You know, with, we know there are always pros and cons in terms of attach rates and things of that nature. When people go into the stores, they tend to spend more, but being able to successfully sell direct to consumer without a retail store network is, is a powerful thing in wireless. It's going to be interesting. We, we're going to have plenty of episodes to talk about all of that. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll talk next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Roger.